amen. I, I don't mean to put religion on you, but if I say amen, that just means you agree with me. Is that all right? So you can say yep or whatever you want, but just if you agree with me, it's okay. All right? So listen, if the world is divided today, and we agree with that. Can you say amen? Yep. All right. Then we're good. Okay. The world is divided, but listen, when, when, when we think about the family of God and we think about what Christ came to establish here on this earth, it was everything but division. It was a place where men, women from every creed, every color, every economic background could come together in equal value and stand before our King and our God. And that's a place that Jesus has actually invited us into. That every man, woman, and child is able to stand equal before God. And when we think about even the Christmas season, the Christmas season brings such division, right? When you think about it, because we're here today, and, and, and I'm assuming, and, and I'll use that word because I am, I'm assuming that most here today are believers in Jesus. You're here today because you, you, you believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. You believe that there was a man named Jesus who was once born to the earth over 2,000 years ago. And, and for us as believers, it's easy for us to get together on Christmas time and come to a candlelight service and celebrate and say yes and amen. But outside of these walls, what does that look like for us? You see, Christmas time, it, 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 it really is, is kind of a, a, a dividing factor today. You know, before when we, we were able to say Merry Christmas and, and now it's changed to more of, hey, happy holidays, because we recognize there are other religions in the world, there are other people who are, are worshiping different gods, there are other people who are, who are practicing different religions, and it means something different for them, but for us as Christians, and the message, the only message that Christ has given us is Jesus is Savior, Jesus is King. Can you say amen to that? And, 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 and I'm not trying to bring even a division in the room, what I'm trying to do is establish that there is a truth line. And that truth line for us as Christians, we have to hold to. And we don't hold to it with, with, with violence. And we don't hold to it like we've seen in, in, in the early centuries of the Crusades where we were bringing to pe to people to the cross by death. See, we're no longer on those kind of Crusades. See, the only message that is going to win this world over is the only message that Jesus brought now is a message of love and the act of God sending Jesus to the earth was an act of love you see Jesus's birth was so significant because he was the most significant human being to ever walk the earth you see Jesus wasn't a prophet he wasn't a philosopher he wasn't a teacher Maybe those things can be encompassed in some of the ministries that, that, that he participated in. But Jesus was God. He was the son of the living God. And his name is Emmanuel, God with us. One of the most popular verses that we know as Christians is John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world. God what? God loved the world. That What did he do? That he gave his son. You see, the birth of Jesus was, was an act of love. And, and when we celebrate this, this, this giving of, of, of presents, and I know we all go overboard. 
And don't tell me you don't because your credit cards are maxed out and, you know, everything else that you tried to do to give everyone a present and all those kind of things. But I'm telling you, we, church and friends, we need to recalibrate our thinking. We need to recalibrate our thinking of not only what this season means, but what he means to us. Because Jesus, the gift that was given, was never a gift that was taken back. Are you hearing me? You see, the gift of Jesus that was given is an eternal gift. And this is what I love about God's gift to his kids. And they're not like our, our gifts that we give to our kids because they're, those things are perishable. They break. I mean, it just seems like yesterday I got my kids a Nintendo. Now it's an Xbox, and then it's whatever else is coming next. Right? Those things are perishable. But we strive so hard to give our kids good gifts, but we know those things are going to break, they're going to get damaged, or whatever else is going to take place with them. But the gifts that God gives are what? Eternal. And the most precious gift that the Father gave to mankind is his son, Jesus. You see, Christianity isn't about something. Christianity is not a teaching. Christianity is about someone. And that someone, can you say it with me, is Jesus. You see, Jesus is, is, is that gift that we continue to celebrate. Jesus is that gift that we continue to worship. Jesus is the God that at some point in the near future, Every knee will bow to and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Now, I know that that's a hard truth for us to swallow, but I I just want us to think about history. Okay, when Jesus came to the earth, it, 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 it was it shouldn't have been some secret thing that was taking place. Because the prophecy of Jesus coming had been out there for thousands of years that the Messiah the anointed one would come to the people of God and he would bring them salvation. He would establish a kingdom here on earth and he would rid the world of sickness and disease and poverty and there would be no more war and there would essentially be a utopia here on earth. Doesn't that sound nice? It doesn't mean, I don't know about you guys. You guys have been living in East Los too long. But you see, that's a problem with us, church. As we get so accustomed to this earthly living, we get so so focused on what's happening on the here and now. We get so focused in the day in and the day out that we have actually taken our eyes off of the eternal. We've taken our eyes off of the eternal. And I believe just in, in the time of Christ's birth, the people of God had taken their eyes off of the eternal. You see, the people of God at that time, they were, they were doubly oppressed. You see, we think we're oppressed today as Christians and people who believe in God. You might, or even if you're not a churchgoer, you don't consider yourself a, a religious person. I'm telling you, there is oppression on this world. There's, there's financial pressures. There's cultural pressures. There's, 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 there's everything that the world throws at you that we're trying to navigate through this thing that was thrown at us. And we have taken our eyes off of the eternal. You see, the people of God, we should never forget the message. And we should never forget who the message was about. When Jesus was born, that's kind of exactly what happened. 
It had been prophesied that the Messiah was coming. The Messiah is coming. And the prophets of old were declaring that, that the Son of God would, would come and be born to the earth. And he established his rule here, here on earth. And that there would be a connection between heaven and earth. Right? And that's kind of where we get the Lord's prayer when Jesus prays, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many of you would like to see a demonstration of heaven here on earth? You see, when, when, when you and I pray and we're asking for God to do something here on earth, what we're actually asking is for heaven to invade earth. How many of you would like to see that? I, I, I don't know. I like those alien movies. You guys like those alien movies where like you see like alien ships just like park over different cities. Right. And they just have you seen some of them where like the aliens are just waiting for things to happen, right? And, and, and then earth just starts freaking out because we see all these ships and we don't know what's happening. We don't know if they're friends. We don't know if they're foes. And I, I'm a movie guy. You guys are going to have to bear with me. But I don't know if you know, but there's encampments of heaven's armies over this earth. And there's going to be a time when God the Father looks at his son, Jesus, who was the leader of heaven's army, and he's going to tell his son, go pick up your bride. Go and pick up your church, because the time has come for heaven to officially invade earth. And not, not in a way to where, you know, we're, we, we're, we're all fearful, or most of us are, that when that happens, we're not going to be ready. right? If you grew up in the 80s in church, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But there is going to be a time in human history, and I believe we're going to experience it in our lifetime, when the Messiah, who had been promised so many years ago, is going to come and pick up his church. And my biggest fear for us as a people of God today is just like the people of God in the New Testament when Jesus was born, missed the Messiah's first coming. Because their eyes were off of the eternal. Are you with me, church? When we think about how often Jesus was looked over as a man, when we think about when Jesus was born and, 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 and the people of God were, were doubly oppressed by, by Caesar and, and by Herod, and, and even that culture tried to do everything it could to ensure that the Messiah was never born, Right? King Herod was a tyrant. King Herod was, was, was probably the second worst murderer besides the angel of death himself when he asked for all of the children, three and under, to be all the male children to be murdered to ensure that the Messiah wouldn't be born. But how many of you know that heaven still came? And how many of you know that when God chooses to invade earth and when God chooses to set a plan in motion, that no army on earth can put a stop to it? And so even though Jesus had to be born in a barn, and even though the only witnesses that were there were some, were some shepherds calling from, were called from some mountain by the angels, and some wise men who were reading the stars and trying to determine the times, and maybe some animals, we don't know. Those are things that we kind of put together. They're, they're cool pictures. They're kind of romantic pictures. 
But there was no royal procession. There were no royal announcements put out that the king of kings was born. But he was. He was born and his parents listened to the Holy Spirit. And as they went and, and went out to Egypt to ensure that he wouldn't be murdered. And then they brought him back so that he can begin to develop himself as a young man. It took a humble mother and a faithful stepfather to ensure that this young boy would grow up to be the mighty man of God that God long ago determined. And we know the rest of the story, church, and this is why it's so important. And I know we're supposed to be talking about baby Jesus, but we can't just talk about baby Jesus because it's not just about his birth because his birth was for a reason. It was about his life. It was for what he stood for. It's for what he said. It's what he did. Listen, it's what he didn't do. It's what he didn't say. Those are the things that we take note of. Those are the things we read in the passages of Scripture and we hold on to for dear life. But it was also about his death. The death that the, that the kids spoke about. His death that was the last sacrifice that ever needed to be made for mankind to ensure that you and I once again had a direct pathway to God the Father. How many of you are thankful for that? I'm thankful for that. But listen, it wasn't just about a death even, because most of us who grew up in church, we just, we just heard about the cross and the cross and the cross. And yes, it's absolutely about the cross, but we don't park ourselves at the cross. Because Jesus was taken off the cross. And he was placed in a tomb. And we know that on the third day, say the third day, on the third day, come on, church, heaven came again. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus rose again. And he didn't rise as a battered and bruised prophet and teacher. He rose the resurrected Messiah. He rose as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He rose as a triumphant victor over sin and over death. Can you say amen to that? And because of that victory, church, we have that same victory here today. And listen, it all started when heaven came to earth in the form of a child. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. Because heaven came. Look at your neighbor and said, heaven came. Heaven came. But listen, I often wonder, like, why was it so few that recognized? Why was it so few? I mean, why, why wasn't it that, that God, like, you know, didn't choose to put Jesus into some royal family? Why couldn't he have been a Roman and then he could have become Caesar and then he could have just conquered the world once and for all? And listen, church. On his first coming, the Messiah didn't come to conquer people or people and places. He came to conquer the hearts of men. He came to establish his kingdom in the hearts of men. And my prayer for everyone in this place tonight is before you decide to leave, 
that you have a heart check tonight and ask yourself, has Jesus established his kingdom in my heart? You see, because for us, that's where the kingdom starts. The kingdom starts with me. How can I be an advancer of the kingdom of God if the kingdom of God has never even established itself in me? Are you with me? Listen, I, I love after Jesus rose from the dead um, in Acts chapter 1, verse 11, the angel of the Lord came and said, men of Galilee, they said, why are you standing here staring into heaven? Because we know that Jesus ascended back into heaven. And so the, 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 the 11 that were left with Jesus as they were speaking to him and all of a sudden he just begins to ascend back into heaven. And as they're standing there looking up, this angel comes and says, why are you standing there looking into heaven? Jesus has been taken away from you into heaven, but someday, say someday, someday we'll return from, say heaven, heaven in the same way that you saw him go. Do you believe that? Because if we believe that he came the first time, because we're here tonight to celebrate that first coming of the Messiah, that, that first act of love from Jesus. That's why we're here to celebrate, right? Because if we believe that, then we have to believe this. We have to believe that he is coming again. And you know what's amazing? This angel said the same way that you've seen him go is the way that he's going to come back. Now, I can picture this all in my head because, I, again, I tell you, I, I love movies, right? But I don't think anyone can depict it like the Holy Spirit does through John in Revelation 19. Now, listen to this, church. Then I saw heaven open. Say heaven. I saw heaven open and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True. For he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him, and no one understood except himself. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on the white horse, and from his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron rod, and he will release the fierce wrath of God the Almighty like juice flowing from a wine press. On his robe, at his thigh, was written this title, King of Kings, King of all kings, and Lord of all lords. You see, that's the way he's going to return. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? He came in the form of a child, humbled, meek, and mild. He was born in obscurity. He was protected into the age of ministry. And then at the age around 30-ish, most scholars believe he, 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 he started his ministry. And he chose 12 disciples to walk with him for those three and a half plus years. And he taught them everything he knew. And, and, and not only did he teach them what he knew, he embranded in their hearts the love that the Father had imparted into him. And he gave this message to these 12 apostles 
that he would one day send out into all the world to begin to spread that same light. And this is why we do our candlelight service church. We do that to remember that Jesus didn't just leave us as orphans. He didn't just ascend back into heaven and say, hey, you guys are on your own. You know, I'll come back and get you sometime. He left us with a message of hope. He left us with a message of love. And he left us with the power of his Holy Spirit. God in the spirit form to dwell with men. Ain't that amazing? How many of you could say amen to that? So what's, what's our response to that? What's our response to that? What is your response to that tonight? I mean, we've seen the kids do a play that was powerful, that had a message of hope and was potent. Did you hear the message? What's our response? What's our response to the songs that we sung? Now, th- those, are, those, are, those are traditional, classic Christian songs that we sing during Christmas time. But the theology in those songs, fall on your knees. Hear the angels' voices speaking of Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What's your response? I'll tell you what what my response is, and I try to let it be. Um, One of the Christmas songs that we sing is, is Go Tell It on the Mountain. You guys know that song? Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. You guys know that song? That Jesus Christ is born. What about going and telling on the mountain that Jesus Christ lives? What about going and telling it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is coming back? What about going and telling it on the mountain that Jesus Christ loves you? And you and you and you. And that he's got a plan for your life and he has a purpose for your life. If you're able to receive. Because our king is coming back. And because he is going to establish his kingdom. Listen to me, church. Once and for all, physically on this earth. Our response today has to be. Let heaven come. Because for a people who are holding on to the prophetic message that Jesus Christ is coming again, there's only one response. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. If you're in prison and you know someone is coming to release you, you're counting down the hours. You're counting down the minutes and the second. You're saying, please, I hope they come. I know they're going to come. I believe they're going to come. I'm not going to give up hope until they come. But maybe like 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was born, and the prophetic voices were hushed, and the earth entered into the dark ages, and Jesus was born in that place, the people of God forgot the prophetic message. May it never be so for God's church today. May you and I have a prophetic hope 
of heaven coming once again to establish itself here on this earth that we never let go of that message, that we never give up hope. And that's why we celebrate Christmas, because not only the birth, but the life, the death, the resurrection, the ascension. And listen, church, the second coming of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Look at your neighbor and say, let heaven come. But until then, but until then, God wants to establish his kingdom in your hearts. If you guys wouldn't mind, just closing your eyes with me for a second. Now, listen, I know know some of you are visitors here this morning. I would never do anything to embarrass you, and I'm not going to do anything to embarrass you. Scripture says that faith comes from hearing, and hearing is by the word of God. And tonight, the message I want to be clear to you is that God loved this world so much that he sent his son, and his son's name is Jesus. And Jesus loved you so much that he lived a life perfect and pure to be sacrificed on a cross for yours and my sins. And that's the greatest love any person could ever demonstrate on behalf of anyone, especially God. This gift has been presented to each and every one of us tonight. And I, and I know, I know many of you, I don't know all of you, and I know many of you have said, have said yes to Jesus. You've accepted Christ and you believe in your heart that he is your savior. And you know without a shadow of a doubt that when God comes to establish his heaven, his reign, his kingdom here on earth, that you're ready for that. But tonight, maybe some of you. And listen, I'm not trying to give you bad news. But here's the good news. This invitation is for you tonight. If you have never allowed Jesus to establish his kingdom in your heart by receiving him as your Lord and your Savior, it's as easy as this. Repentance and receiving. If you can repent before God tonight and say, Jesus, I repent of my sins. I turn away. I turn away from my evil ways. And I turn towards you tonight. Tonight, Jesus, I want to allow you to establish your kingdom in my life, in my heart. Be my king. Be my savior tonight. Then tonight, church, I'm telling you, friends, visitors, tonight, heaven will come. And so as your eyes are closed... As your eyes are closed, this is, I want to just ask you just to give a demonstration of faith. It's a small token of your faith tonight. If this is you, you're saying, yes, I want to allow Jesus to be the Lord of my life. I just want you to just shoot your hand in the air. And we want to pray with you. And we're going to celebrate the goodness of God tonight. And if that's you, just lift your hand. Amen. Anyone tonight want to receive Jesus as Lord? You've heard the message. You've heard it before. 
But tonight there's a response. Thank you for raising your hand. Is there anyone else? Awesome. Thank you for raising your hand. Anyone else? All right, friends and saints, once you pray with me, we're going to pray with these people who raise their hands. If you raise your hand tonight, pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on a cross for me. I thank you for sacrificing your life for me. Because of that, I, I want to ask for forgiveness. I want to turn from my old ways. I repent from my past. And I choose to turn towards you. Be the Lord of my life. I receive you as my Savior. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give Jesus praise tonight? <clears throat> I think I'm going to do something a little different tonight, if that's okay. Heaven's with us tonight, church. The Bible says that when one person comes to the knowledge of salvation, or when one person comes to the Lord, listen to me, this is, this is weighty stuff. When one person comes to Jesus, all of heaven rejoices. All of heaven rejoices. Now, I don't know about you, but I used to think like... Heaven rejoiced any time I did something really cool. Like when I showed up to church on time, heaven was like, ah, he's there, you know. Or like, you know, you, you go to church on Christmas, Christmas and Easter and heaven's doing the wave. Ah, look, he's there. All heaven rejoices when one person comes to salvation. Tonight, all heaven rejoices. Now, if you're willing, if not, we'll move on. We, I want to share this light with you guys. The Bible says that Jesus was the light of the world. And what's amazing is when Jesus was born, in the middle of the dark ages, when, 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 and what I mean by the dark ages, not the historic dark ages, the, the, the spiritual dark ages, when the prophetic voices had stopped and the people of God had gone into oppression, they had been ransacked by all these different empires and nations and God had gone silent and in that darkness Jesus was born it's the same with the beginning of the time when when darkness covered the earth then God said what let there be light and there was light and that light became the light unto all men and this is the light that we're going to share tonight. And if you accepted Christ tonight, this is what I would love for you to do. And I know I told you I wasn't going to embarrass you. This is just like a prophetic act thing. And if you don't want to come up, it's cool. But honestly, one of the things we need to do when we say yes to Jesus is acknowledge and just and bring your can as you share it with here. beginning God said let there be light and there was light 
Jesus came into this earth. He was the light of the world. Just like the gospel of Matthew says, but who, who has the light would take that light and hide it? Shouldn't we put it on a lampstand for the world to see? Church, it's time for us to share our light with the world again. Let's share the light of Jesus with this world. Let's celebrate the goodness of Jesus. And as you share your light tonight, I just want you to you guys to say this. Let heaven come. As you share it with the next person, just say, let heaven come. Let heaven come. Let heaven come. Let heaven come. Just continue to share it, church. Let heaven come. Let heaven come. Can, can someone turn off these fans, please? If you guys wouldn't mind standing with me tonight, if you guys wouldn't mind raising your lights, as you continue to pass it, you know what I love about light is light can't can't be extinguished by the darkness. You know if you if you were if you were in a in a room full of light and I brought in a bag full of darkness and I opened up that bag full of darkness, what would happen to that bag? Absolutely nothing. But when you walk into a pitch black, dark, hell filled room. And you bring a candlestick, what happens? Illumination happens to the entire room. And to that church, I say, let heaven come. Let's be the light that Jesus called us to be. Let's take this message of hope. Let's take this gospel to the ends of the earth so that Jesus can come again and pick up his church. Jesus, tonight we celebrate you. You are the light of the world. Thank you for your birth. We thank you for your life. We do thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. But Jesus, I am so thankful even more for the hope that comes with the victory of your resurrection and the knowing that you are coming again. 
let heaven come. Let your kingdom be established here on earth. But Jesus, we say yes. Let it happen tonight in each and every one of our hearts so that when we leave this place, we can take this light to the world around us, to our families, to our friends, to our coworkers, to our peers, to the people in Walmart, at the gas stations, the highways and the byways. May we never be ashamed of this light that you left us. We love you, Lord, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let heaven come. Amen.